being able to say no to the wrong client left me available for the right client. And so that's probably been the biggest, if I had to offer like a piece of advice to anybody, know your client, know who's not your client and be okay with saying no. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands That Book Show, where we help creative businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones, and today we're chatting with Terry Baskin of Terry Baskin Photography. Terry is an international wedding photographer out of Virginia, and today she's chatting about how to find your niche within a saturated market. All right, Terry, I think we met for the first time uh, at Show United this past year. Um, I had the pleasure of hearing you give a five minute fuel and, uh, you know, it was one of those where, I mean, it's only, it's only five minutes long, but, um, a lot of people were talking about it afterwards and a lot of people mentioned how good of a job you did. Um, and so as I was, uh, brainstorming for the podcast, uh, you know, your mind, your, you came to mind immediately. Krista actually, uh, was the one that you need to ask Terry, you know, she did such a great job, um, at show United, uh, and you have such a, such a cool story. Um, And since then, uh, we've had the pleasure of working on your website, which I'm excited to talk about uh, a little bit today as well. So uh, can you just give us some background uh, on how you got started? You're a photographer. You're, you're based in Fredericksburg. Um, so yeah. right, you, you mostly work in Virginia, Maryland, D.C. I do. Can yes. you give us uh, some background on, on how you got started? Yeah, so I am a, uh, I consider myself like a DMV or DC, Maryland, Virginia wedding photographer. I live in Fredericksburg, but it's so funny because I rarely shoot weddings in Fredericksburg. I'm more in the Northern Virginia, DC market. Um, but yeah, so I've been, I'm going into my uh, sixth year of shooting weddings. Okay, so wow, congratulations. Writing. Yeah, so. But the way that I actually fell into weddings was on accident. So I finished grad school at uh, VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, and I bought a camera as my graduation gift. And so um, I grew up, my dad was a photographer when I grew up, like old school film days. He had his dark room, but the funny thing is film is, film is back. Yeah, um, yeah so- we shoot a little bit of film ourselves. And so, um, so basically when I bought my camera, graduated in December, went home for the holidays, he took me out and we just basically learned like, you know, composition, different rules of photography, um, how to anticipate moments, um, those things, but just with general, like everyday life. And so there comes a time when I get back to Virginia where I'm like, okay, now I want to try this for myself. And so I asked a friend if I could take some maternity pictures for her. The pictures are horrible when I look back at them, but I thought <laughs> um, they weren't so bad. Um, and so um, she posted the pictures on Facebook. And so, of course, somebody asked her who took her photos um, because, of course, I wasn't looking for like photography credit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, a girlfriend of hers um asked, you know, who took her photos and asked for my information. And so that turned into um, 
one maternity session turned into another maternity session. I was like, okay, I think I like this. Um, still trying to learn, you know, the basics, lighting and, and composition and, and all of that stuff, posing. Um, and then she posted the photos on Facebook. And so from there, her friend who had just gotten engaged over the holidays asked who took the photos and she gave her my contact information. So, um, her girlfriend that was engaged contacted me and, um, asked if I would take her engagement photos. I'm saying, sure, of course. Um, did the photos again? I look back at those and I'm like, they're <laughs> you know, but I think everybody does that, you know, and I think that that's the value to just getting started and putting yourself out there, you know, yeah, I didn't um, realize how bad they were until I started looking back, but it's okay because they gave me a chance, right? They, yeah. they believed in me. They liked it well enough. They liked their photos. And after I did her engagement photos, she basically asked me if I would shoot her wedding. Um, had not sh had not shot a wedding yet, but I had planned on second shooting and assisting later that year. Mm -hmm. But her wedding happened to be before I had an opportunity to assist her second shoot. So what I did was um, I, I accepted it. <laughs> um, and then my dad um, actually had him come as my second shooter. So I was like, okay, my dad knows how weddings work, even though he shot weddings a long time ago. So he knew you know, kind of like the important things, the important sure. parts of the wedding. And so he came along with me. And of course, weddings have changed a lot more now since the time he did, you know, he wasn't into like the prep, the mm -hmm. you know, full on like reception, dancing and all of that. Um, so that was a long day for him. Uh, <laughs> but but it, um, it was probably pretty special for him to be able to come out and assist yeah, with you. So he brags now about like just, you know, watching my photography career, like the journey. So he, that's a proud moment for him. But yeah, so my first three weddings, I actually booked three weddings that first year. He was my second shooter. And so that's cool for me and it's really cool for him. Oh yeah, for sure. And so what, what kind of photography was he uh, doing primarily? Uh, you said he did some weddings. He was, yeah. He was a wedding photographer in North Carolina, and then he also did some portraits. So he had an in-home studio, so I would meet, you know, people that would come to mm -hmm. our house to have their photos taken. So it was cool. And then he, I would hang out with him in his dark. He had a dark room in the house, and so I would watch him as he developed the film. So it was really cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, how does so uh, did you ever, were you getting into it as you were growing up or was it something that was always kind of a side interest or hobby or was it really not until college where you were interested so, in this? It's so funny because growing up, it sounds, it almost sounds cliche, but I was always that friend that had the camera. Mm -hmm. So because my dad was a photographer, like all my life, um, he always gave me like little cameras, like the little one, 110 millimeter film cameras, or I was always that friend. To have the camera um then i would get my you know photos developed and show them to my friends so yeah it was never really it was always like a side hobby but never really something that i was actively pursuing i the funny the funny thing is um before i moved to virginia i lived in los angeles um and i tried acting so i tried doing all of the in front of the camera stuff so i did like a couple of like short films and um, projects and extra work on a few of the TV shows. And then it was later, I was like, you know, I really want to be behind the camera, not really in front of it. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much how it That's went. incredible. Didn't know that about you. Yeah. That is, uh, that's awesome. So, uh, eventually you got back to Virginia and you got, uh, you got into, uh, photography. Um, 
So, you know, how did your, you know, how does your, uh, your dad and, uh, you know, this concept of legacy play into, you know, your why for photography and, um, you know, what you're doing now? So I think for me, it was important to one, remember why I became a photographer. And it's basically when I would look back at old photo albums, once I started shooting weddings, I was home for a visit and I went back and looked at some of his older photo albums, old photo albums where you slide the photos into, you know, the sleeve, the plastic sleeve. And so um, from there, I was really looking at what he captured and it was more, um, moments, the special moments, the emotion, what made you feel connected to the photos. And I realized that for me, those photos spoke the most to me. I love the pretty. I love the pretty of every wedding. But the photos that really speak to me are the ones that have like the moments and the emotion like and the pure joy, whether that's laughter or tears. Um, of a wedding day. So incorporated into my why is telling those authentic moments. I have couples from a variety of backgrounds. So that's what I love about my business is that I get to meet so many diverse couples, um, multi, so many ethnicities, so many cultures. And so um, being able to tell their story the way that their story is versus me trying to make it my story is really what's important to me. And so that's, that's my why, just telling authentic stories. Yeah, and that's awesome, and that's 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 so cool that you can go back and you look at those photos that uh, your dad took, you know, years and years ago. Um, you know, something as Chris and I are expecting our first uh, first kid. Uh, that's just something that's been top of mind uh, for us recently. Going back and finding old pictures of uh, of my mom and dad and our parents when they were expecting us. You know, um, yeah. and, and those really are. I mean, like, uh, I'm just so thankful that those pictures exist. You know. Yeah. Um, so, so to be able to do that for others, and I think sometimes we forget that, you know, in the daily hustle and grind right. of our businesses, that what we do is making a difference, you know, that we have an opportunity in, in even the smallest uh, of ways uh, or smallest of details, um, right. you know, to impact uh, somebody else's legacy. Yeah. Right? That's, I mean, that's essentially the start of their legacy, right? Once they get married. Well, of course, you know, the dating, but sure. the official start once they get married so for them to be able to look back and relive that moment that's <clears throat> that's special for me so yeah it's awesome yeah so i want to go back to those first three weddings that you shot and, and was it really just a compound of you know like so you um it started with the maternity sessions friend posting on facebook other friends asking hey who is your photographer was it the same thing with the weddings like you shot the first wedding those photos went up on facebook and then somebody else asked yeah, so by that point, I had already um, um, designed a website. It was, um, you know, just something to put up. I think it was linked to, like, Smug Mug or something. Um, so anyway, it was linked to an online gallery where you could see the photos. But I was really proud of my work. So I <laughs> so I was posting the photos on Facebook, and then the couples were posting them as well. And so, yeah, so one just pretty much led to another. So it was kind of cool the way that it happened. It was almost like organic. I didn't really go out looking for, you know, weddings to shoot. Um, yeah, they just kind of came my way. It's kind of cool. Yeah, but at the same time, you did you did put yourself out there. I put you myself out there, so I did, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I did. <laughs> and I think, there, I think there's value in that, uh, you know, especially I think some people get nervous because they're like, oh, I, I could do better than this. You know, like I can, knowing they can do, you know, take better pictures and, and, and this and that, but so they decide not to. But when you don't put yourself out there right, then, 
you know. No one, no one knows that you're that you're even out there, that you exist. And I think I realized I knew I wanted to get better with mm-hmm. it once I realized, okay, I really like doing this and I wanted to get better. I just didn't realize how far I had to go. Sure. Like, I was like, I put those pictures up because I was proud of them. Now I look back and I'm like, yeah, okay, I see all the errors. All the mistakes, but they like the they like the photos, so that that worked out. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I think we're always in that state, right? I mean, I know even um, Krista was saying the other the other day, just even in design, you know, and talking about uh, different improvements she's made over the over the course of the last year. And I think that um, you know she says that every year, and we say that every you know so often about our work. So it's just something that um, you know, like we're always working through. Um, yeah. But I think realizing that and still putting yourself out there um, is key, you know, just getting out there and doing it. But when did you start uh, booking weddings consistently? So um, pretty much the following year. So what I did was, so I did the three weddings um, with my dad, and then I also started second shooting. And I was able to second shoot for a photographer that allowed me to also share the work of of his clients mm-hmm. on my website. Um, so I was able to use those photos as well to basically build up my portfolio. Um, so it was, I'm very grateful that he even gave me that opportunity. And so from there, just still putting myself out there and still posting work um, allowed other people to find me. So yeah, it was basically through my website and at the time through Facebook. Yeah, and I think that's, that's I think, relatively rare to have a, a primary photographer let the second, you know, share their work. But that's the the same thing happened for Krista um, when she was getting started in photography. The people that she second for, um, uh-huh. th- they allowed her to share the the work that she shot, uh, you know, on her website, uh, nice. and that led to. Uh, and I think any second opportunity, anytime you can assist somebody, is a a good learning opportunity. Absolutely, you learn so much. But like, that's huge you know. for, you know, your portfolio. And being mm-hmm. able to show that you're you're out there and busy and uh, and shooting your own work, so really it was after that that you started getting inquiries consistently. Yes, mm-hmm. after that they yeah started getting them pretty consistently. So at what point though did you did you uh, did you feel like okay I you know I've hit a rhythm this is the kind of client uh, that I like working with? Um, mm-hmm. How did you sort all of that out? I was just trying to do anything to please the client, to make them happy, give them whatever they wanted. If that meant working really long days on a wedding, working over the amount of time, that was when I was like, oh, yeah, I'll stay there the entire day, all day wedding photography. That came back to bite me. (laughs) I think everybody goes through that phase where they have like an all day (laughs) package where they just say, yeah, you know, for this amount of money. And there's really no amount of money (laughs) that's going to, that's, you know, makes me want to be there literally all day. All day long. I literally learned that the hard way. So I don't (laughs) offer all day coverage anymore. Um, But yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, the first probably two and a half years, I was really just trying to, one, still build my portfolio, still trying, still build it into, um, um, weddings that I felt fit my fit what brand I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, it was more of the uh, I wasn't high end. I was trying to be more of like middle, like middle high mm-hmm. or middle to high um, in clients. And so I was still trying to make sure I got everything I needed, plus giving them what they wanted. And so from there, I was able to one just learn from my mistakes, what to do, what not to do. Um, and then still after every wedding, I think I learned a little something and was able to tweak my business um, and to tweak my offerings based on what I learned. 
So how did you communicate that kind of stuff to clients? You know, because that can be difficult. Like client mm-hmm. sends you a, a photo on Pinterest and it's super like, you're like, no, I'm, I, I can't get myself to take that picture of you. You know, yeah. this is not well, the picture that you're going to treasure 20 <laughs> years from now. Um, well, <laughs> so how did you even go about like communicating to clients, you know, to make those changes in your business? I finally started. So, of course, um, I think everybody's probably seen like the dreaded photo of you know, like no photo in particular, but a photo you're like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I finally have gotten to the point where I um, told my clients, like, just trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways that I've really built trust with my clients, which I think probably many photographers do now is they they offer in the engagement session. Um, as a part of the wedding package. Well, I um, started offering the engagement session. And from there, I was able to build trust with the client because they were able to see, they were one, we were able to get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to see my style and then see my ideas as well. And I think that helped. Um, so that way, when it came to the wedding day, if they if, like say if the bridal party were throwing out ideas or family members, mm-hmm. my clients would say, don't worry, you know, Terry has it. She yeah. has control, but she's good. She's fine. So just building trust with the bride and the groom help the other family members and bridal party trust me because the clients basically spoke up on my behalf. So I didn't find myself and I don't find myself actually anymore in those type of situations where I get tons of Pinterest pictures or yeah. anything like that. So no, yeah. Yeah, Thank- I think... I think if you can find a way to show your clients, you know, even before the big event, if you can offer value early on, um, they're going to question you less. And the great thing about something like engagement photography is because, and we do something similar where we include the engagement session into pretty much any wedding collection, um, okay. is that we found that family and bridal party, since they've probably seen the engagement photos beforehand, we have much less in the way of a mother or the bride coming up and saying, hey, make sure you get the, you know, or hey, could you do this photo for us? Um, Because they've seen the pictures that, you know, they they like the pictures. And so they just trust that um, we'll do, um, you know, we'll do a good job with with the wedding. And that really did. It makes it makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think anytime you're repeatedly saying to yourself, oh man, I wish this was different. You know, I wish the client wouldn't mm-hmm. behave this way. There's mm-hmm. probably a change like you made that, uh, you know, that could educate the clients. Absolutely. Um, I think early on. It's educating the clients, simply that. Just, yeah. 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 And I think early on it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, um, you know, to, 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 rem- or especially because it's our job, you know, like we're, we do weddings dozens of times a year, you know, we've been to, we've been to hundreds of weddings now. So, um, it's easy for us to forget that, oh, this is the client's most likely their first time getting married. You know, they yeah. don't know, you know, they've, they maybe been to other weddings. They maybe have a couple friends who've gotten married, um, but they just don't know, you know, so, um, taking opportunities to educate them along the way goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I found as well. So what would you consider your niche? You know, I mean, one thing that we hear from photographers, I mean, and I think this is true of most industries where people are getting into it and they just feel like it's super saturated and they're like, oh, there's so many photographers in my market, you know? And I think that that's probably true of any market. It's certainly true of the, uh, of the Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, uh, area. So, you know, what would you consider your niche? How did you get there? You know, and uh, and how do you stand out in a in a market like that? Yeah, so um, 
niche, I guess, in terms of within weddings is I have very, <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, diverse clients. And so I um, tend to shoot a lot of uh, multi-ethnic weddings, um, multicultural weddings, um, and then just um, regular weddings um, as well. But I think my niche is I tend to attract the, <clears throat> excuse me, the couple that um, wants, um, they have the pretty details, they want a pretty wedding, but then they also want all the fun moments mm -hmm. of that wedding. So their wedding isn't so scripted to where I can't get fun moments and have fun with them. So I like to have fun with my couples. I like, <clears throat> excuse me, I like to joke around with their family. Um, and so that's one of the ways I just pour my personality into the day. Um, I love joking with like relatives, especially during family formals, um, just to kind of lighten the mood. Um, sometimes at that point, people are ready to eat mm -hmm. or they're, you know, you know, want to speed everything along. And so I just really like to have fun with them. But in terms of my niche, I think it's just couples that really um, have diverse backgrounds. Um, they, they just see themselves in my work. And couples that really want to feel like if someone missed their wedding, that they could look at the photos and feel like they were there. And, you know, how, how would you say that, like, what's the primary way that you get inquiries and bookings um, from other couples who are like that? It's so funny. Um, my primary way used to be Google. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to um, blog way more consistently than I do now. Um, and so a lot of my SEO um, images will pop up through Google searches and they still do. So cu some couples find me that way, but my primary, uh, refer referral source now is, um, previous clients. So previous clients find me from their friends that got married. I have a lot of clients. I think <clears throat> this year, most of my clients were referrals. Mm -hmm. um, either they were at, they attended weddings that I shot or their friends referred them to me. Um, and then the secondary or the second, um, way that people find me is Instagram. So. Okay. Wow. So Instagram is, yeah. you know, I've always, um, I've always tend to be like, I always, I, I feel like I have a love hate relationship with yeah. Instagram. You know, <laughs> and so at, at one point I'm gonna have to do a whole episode uh, where somebody defends Instagram, you know, to me. But uh, but that's awesome. So Instagram is one of your your main referral, uh, yeah, areas of traffic. And um, and when you say referrals, are you do you think uh, it's mostly from you know planners or from other vendors or from um, past clients or people who attended the wedding? It's actually all of the above. Yeah, most of the um, most of my referrals come from previous clients, like their friends or family members that are getting married or people that attended a wedding where I was, you know, shooting. Mm -hmm. um, and then I do get a lot of um, referrals from planners. So working with their clients as well, previous planners that I've worked with, um, you know, they have their sort of like their favorites or their their you know vendors that they refer often and so working good great working relationships with them has allowed me to um to get referrals from the, them as well so 
I imagine that. Uh, so, for, I mean, f- first of all, uh, showing up, uh, showing up high in Google is important. Having it, uh, inst- or you know, a, a presence on social media is important as well. Uh, all of those are great uh, sources of traffic. Word of mouth, though. I think is one of the highest converting sources of traffic because we we trust other people, especially those people that we're uh, that we're close with, and so I imagine that standing out in a competitive market really helps to have not only past clients singing your praises but uh, planners as well. Yeah. How did you go about developing that relationship with planners? You know, like did you do anything um, to improve that relationship uh, just so that planners were referring you or other vendors in general? Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing is uh, with the relationships I developed with planners, it was important for me to one, communicate with them early on in the process for the clients that we were we were sharing um, and to let them know how much time I needed for photography um, and then showing up on the wedding day and just going above and beyond. So I, t- I try and show up to every wedding at least 30 minutes early. Um, just to kind of get in my groove and just to get warmed up and then um, just making sure I am getting everything that the the couple wants in mm-hmm. terms of photography and then still also getting shots that the planners, the florist, um, the dress designer that other people can use as well. And I think the easiest way to build that relationship is send them images after the wedding because now they have something that they can use to market their businesses as mm-hmm. well. And then, of course, they know, okay, if I refer my next client to Terry, I know I'll get images from that wedding that I can continue to use to grow my business. So, yeah, that's it's easy, but I didn't realize how often it does not happen. No, yeah, and that's the crazy part is it does seem like it's something that would be kind of obvious, right? But so many people don't do that. And so many people rely on uh, the photographer for for marketing collateral for their businesses. So I think uh, photographers especially, it's – you know, it's um, maybe a little bit easier for them than some other vendors uh, to right. build those relationships because it's just, you know, if you if you serve them well, if you, you know, take take pictures of the things that they're providing for the wedding and send them those images, that kind of stuff really does go a, a long way. It does. And it's, it's actually a win-win because if they, know, if they know they're getting professional images from me, I don't have to worry about them trying to take their own photos yeah. and being in the way. So it's a win-win. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that, I mean, I think that's, uh, I think that's great advice. So how did you, you know, going back to your niche, um, and shooting so, like, you know, different multinational, different ethnicities, uh, this kind of bride and, and groom, um, that really value good photography, but at the mm-hmm. same time, aren't super stiff or scripted, want to enjoy the day with their, with their friends and family. Um, how long did it take you to figure out, okay, this is my niche. This is really the kind of client that I want to work with and I want to go after. What did that process look like? So for me, um, before I book any client, I need to meet with them, whether it's in person or uh, via Skype or telephone. Um, and so what I do is I use my, my contact form on my website as pretty much my first filter. Mm -hmm. And some of the things I want to know about them are, you know, how they met or what their love story is. Um, I also want to know if they're working with a planner because planners tend to help my day go a Mm -hmm. little bit easier, a lot easier. I take that back. Um, And then also just hearing how they met. So if they're willing to share with me the details of their love story, it helps me get to know them a little bit better. But if they, um, if someone were to fill out my website and just, you know, leave that part blank. I want to know, okay, 
Obviously, they may be looking at multiple photographers, which is fine if they're doing their research. Um, but I really want to know if we connect on the phone or, you know, prior to meeting in person for an engagement session or prior to them booking me. Mm -hmm. I want to know if we connect. And so um, early in my business, I was so afraid of saying no to the wrong client. Um, I've booked clients before. <clears throat> I've booked clients before um, that were not a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew they were not a good fit before the wedding day. I went ahead and booked them anyway because I was afraid of saying no. I wanted the booking so badly that I took clients that were were not right for me. And by not right for me, I just simply mean, one, they were either very demanding or they didn't trust me as the mm -hmm. photographer or they gave me that long list of every photo to take. And yeah. so... Now, meeting with them, seeing you know how they tell their story, um, talking on the phone or a, a Skype meeting, it really gives me a chance to know, do, do I feel like they will trust me on their wedding day? And if not, I have gotten way more comfortable telling people, I, you know, unfortunately, I'm not available for your date. Um, I have told clients before that I didn't think we were a good fit and I would send them referrals. That rarely goes over well. Uh -huh. Uh, so I had to be okay with that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it actually being able to say no to the wrong client left me available for the right client. And so that's probably been the biggest, if I had to offer like a piece of advice to anybody, know your client, know who's not your client and be okay with saying no, if they're not your client. Yeah, and it probably take it, it does. I think for anybody take a little while. Maybe it takes that two years for you kind of to, yeah. to sort that out. Um, but, you know, I would agree. And and I think like when a client, when it doesn't go over well, like if you are up front with a client and you're like, hey, I don't, yeah, I don't think this is a good fit. And they do not it's act appropriately. It's, it's just, it's just confirmation that they weren't probably the right fit, you know? Uh, I see. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just, and, and that's okay. You know? And so I think um, what we're, when we get scared to give up a client, what we're doing is just delaying um, this what's going to you know so it's going to be uncomfortable for you know maybe maybe a couple minutes to tell somebody hey this isn't a good fit but it's going to be uncomfortable for eight plus hours and all the before and after, after. if you don't <laughs> you know if you if you just delay you know if you just go through with it and especially for you and um talking you know as we talked about standing out in a com uh, competitive or saturated uh, market you get so many referrals from past clients that you don't want referrals from you know, clients that aren't a good fit right. and you don't want, you know, to run the risk of, you know, that client realizing, okay, yeah, actually she wasn't a good fit and not giving you that referral, you know, right. so there's definitely value in doing, you know, exactly what you do, which is uh, just kind of sucking it up and, and telling people, Hey, this isn't, you know, there's, there's a better fit out there uh, yeah. for you. It's, it's a hard conversation. Um, and the, I've gotten better with it. Um, but yeah, in the beginning it was very hard. And so now, you know, anytime I cannot take a client, whether they're not a good fit or whether or not I'm booked, I refer them to someone I think will be a good fit for them. So that way I don't leave them hanging. I, they have someone else they can research and decide if they want to work with them. So. Yeah, for sure. And you're still serving them well by doing that. You know, you're connecting with something, even if they don't know it, you know, you're connecting it with somebody who they're going to probably connect with a little bit more, uh, which is totally okay. So, Anything else in terms of, you know, finding your niche and standing out in a competitive market that you want to share? 
Yeah, so I so as you mentioned, I've been working with Krista on my website revamp. I really think the my website has been um I've seen I've seen conversations where um people are asking our website still necessary and gosh, heck yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, we would agree. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Um but if you're relying solely on social media, what happens if that goes down? Mm-hmm. Or I want you know, if someone finds me on social media, I want that to be their first, you know, um, introduction to me and my work. But then I want them to be able to go to my website and learn more about me. So um, Krista has been helping me or has helped me with my my revamp website and more of the um, story that I'm telling on my website now is about the legacy. I'm including more about my dad and how he influenced my photography. And now I'm trying to just tell more of me. Mm -hmm. So that way when a client is looking through my website and they're looking through my images, if they can't see themselves in my images, then hopefully, hopefully they, they won't contact me. Mm -hmm. Um, If, if they feel like they're going to have to change my style of photography um, to fit their needs, and then hopefully they'll see through the the website that I'm you know launching that it's not a good fit for them, and then they'll see if they can find something somewhere else. So I feel like being more um, transparent about me, my background, what I love about photography, and then my philosophy on um, shooting weddings will help really um, not have where I don't have to have that conversation saying we're not a good fit. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, you're you're kind of you're uh, qualifying people even before yep. they contact you. And I think what you said, you know, I see that conversation occasionally too about websites and I think what you said is so true. Like what happens if a social channel goes down? You know, I see Yeah, or the algorithms, right? Things change all the time and I and I think that um you know, your your website is kind of like your home, you know, it's an asset that for the most part you own, you know, kind of like a, an email list. And, uh, you know, I talk about email lists a lot, a lot as well, because it's an asset that you own. Um, and the different channels like social media and even, even search engines, things like that, they're different roads to your house. The more you have, the better, you know, so it's good to show up in those places. Um, you shouldn't, you know, I'm not talking about focusing on your website at the expense of social media, but at the end of the day, if, you know, Facebook, and I know it's kind of, I, I don't know what will eventually unseat Facebook. It's it's hard to even fathom that. But let's say it goes down and that was your, that's where you focused in your, the entirety of your efforts. You know, now you're, you're left with really nothing, you know, right. because you don't own that asset. Um, so they can change the algorithms. They can change what your business page looks like. Um, you know, without you ever agreeing to it. So I would totally agree with that. So going back to your website, how did you know that you were ready for a new website? I think, um, oh gosh, I don't know. I feel like as my brand has like evolved, um, I wanted more, um, I feel like more of my ideal client would be attracted to, to the new website. So, and that's simply um, some of the styling um, I get really uh, stylish couples who really mm-hmm. want clean images and they dress up for their for their engagement photos. They have really nice wedding details, really pretty weddings. Mm-hmm. So um, I really just wanted the brand to evolve from what I had before was was pretty. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. Um, but what I want wanted more of was pretty but stylish but also more of me and more emotion so that way they're connecting on my website on a couple of different ways they see the style 
Um, and so that that came with changing some of the fonts. Um, they see the emotion. I really um, look for the images that really pull at my emotion. So hopefully that's what attracts them. And then they can see more of me. So they can feel like they get to know me. I never want to show up on a wedding day and feel like, I'm just there to take the photos. I mm -hmm. want to have a relationship with my clients. And then that, again, that helps with trust. And so I feel like the more that I can pour of me into my website and the more that I can show my uniqueness, which I feel like helps set me apart, the more that they feel like they know me and that we're friends is really what allows them to talk about me to their friends. So, yeah, so I just think it was just an evolution of where I wanted to go with my work and how I saw more and more, more of my clients, although different, still similar, like in style, still similar in what they wanted from their photos. So, yeah. And did you have a custom design before this one? Um, I had a template before this one that mm -hmm. I just um, changed to fit me. Yeah. Um, and it time. looked good. I think as far as templates go, you know, you yeah. did a good job with that. Um, yes. For sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, one thing that I want to point out too is um, I think sometimes when people, we talk to people who are just getting started in business, you know, and they're in that first two year hustle that you were talking about earlier and they want to invest in, in something that's more custom, you know, and we always tell them, uh, not that we don't want to work with people. Of course we want to work with people, but we always tell them, Hey, listen, you might be better served by just going with a template, you know, uh, and making that your own, because there is a process, I think, to figuring out what your brand looks like going through your, your work, as you mentioned, and certainly was true of us, like is going to evolve, you know, yeah. like you might be thinking you're shooting your best stuff now, but in four years, you know, it's going to be better and that's okay, you know, but you don't want to, I think there's a lot of changes in those first couple of years of, of business. So doing what you did, I think there's a ton of value. You, you, you sorted all of that out. You've designed your own website before. So I think you bring more value to the custom design process, you know, in working with Cresta because you can communicate, hey, very clearly, this is my couple, you know, this is who I want to work with. Um, this is my brand, you know, and, and be, being able to articulate that, you know, I think uh, goes a long way in the custom design process. So it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just okay to have a template, you know, uh, especially to get started. And the funny thing is, so when I first started with Show It, um, I did a full custom website with them. And my website now looks nothing like that custom design. Gosh, yeah. it's changed so much since then. And I'm looking like, okay, if I had to do that all over again, I would totally, I, I wouldn't go the custom route to start. Mm -hmm. I would start with a nice template and then figure out how my work evolves. So yeah, so it's definitely, I've, yeah, that would be my advice to. to yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just one of those things that we don't think a lot's going to change, you know, but it really does. And so we always encourage people in their first couple of years of business. Um, hey, see what you can do with the template. Uh, and mm -hmm. if you need a designer to come alongside you and, and clean some things up, totally, totally okay. But don't go spend, you know, eight, ten thousand dollars on a custom right. design in your first two years of business, and that's going to eventually change. So again, back to your website, what, what are your favorite parts? You know, so, at, you know, as this launches and I think, uh, you know, this, uh, this episode will be launching right around the time that your uh, website goes live. So people who are, who are learning about you for the first time and going over to your website to check you out, um, what's your favorite part of the, of the new website? What are you most excited about? Yes, you know, it's so funny. I tried to get everything out of my head and, um, give it to Krista and she was able to put some design elements on the website that I was like, I would have never thought of that. <laughs> Um, so it's really cool. But I think the favorite part is putting more of 
the my legacy part into the website. So I found an old newspaper clipping um, of my father holding his camera in front of um, a backdrop of his work or in front of a display of his work. So I'm incorporating that photo into the the part of my why of the website. So that's meaningful. So as soon as I show it to him, well, I can't wait to show it to him so he can see it and read read about that part because he knows what influence he's had on mm-hmm. on my work. But then to see him incorporate it more into the site, I think is going to be very special for him and it's very special for me. Um, so that's probably right now my my most favorite part. That's in in my my why section on my about me page, and then. Um, Gosh, the other part is uh, probably my galleries. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that uh, we've laid out my my uh, photo galleries is very, it's still very clean, but someone can really look at, I did uh, the tiled galleries um, for a lot of my galleries. So someone can look at a wedding and really get a, get a feel for what they're getting. Yeah. Um, it's not Instead just of just seeing. Yes, it's like you can get a, a snapshot of a wedding day with me and what that looks like. So, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see it uh, it finally launched, and um, we'll include a link to uh, your your new website in the show notes so that anybody listening uh, or watching can uh, can make sure that they can go and uh, and find that. So, as we uh, as we wrap up here, is there um, you know if people want to learn more about you, uh, where where should they go? Um, definitely TerryBaskin.com. Um, a website. I'm on Instagram at Terry Baskin and on Facebook at Terry Baskin Photography. Um, a couple of the other things, I will be um, speaking at some conferences this year, so I'm excited about that. Um, talking more about frosting, helping people decide what their frosting is um, and making them stand out. So I'll be at um, Creative at Heart in November. Can't so wait. It's exciting. Um, and um, I've done a couple of online um, speaking engagements as well that you can find through the website, through my website as well. So, yeah, I'm excited. I am. Um, I'm back at a place where I want to put myself out there a little bit more. Um, so I was so naive in the very beginning. Then I had this phase where I was like, hold on, slow down. Now I'm like, OK, you know what? Just go for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I bet that I bet that feels good. Yeah, it does. So that's that's awesome. We'll, we'll also be at Creative at Heart. We're excited to uh, we're excited to see there you there and uh, connect again and again. Um, for those of you listening, uh, Terry's going to be talking about finding your frosting. So she's going to be going uh, even into further depth about um, finding your niche, figuring out what that is. You know, find, being able to find clients um, that you can that you can really serve well, um, that you also really uh, enjoy working with. So. Um, take a look at that. Uh, and if you're going to create your heart, we can't uh, wait to see you there. So Terry, thank you so much for uh, taking the time this morning, uh, and sharing a little bit about your wisdom and, uh, your journey in photography for the last uh, six years. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the brands that book podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving a review so that others are more likely to find it. For show notes and other resources, visit DavianKrista.com.